Welcome to episode 9 of the first 40 miles. If you're new to backpacking, or if you're hopelessly in love with someone who wants you to love backpacking, then this podcast is for you. We'll talk about the essentials, how to lighten your load, and how to make the most of your time on the trail. I'm your host, Heather Legler. And I'm Josh Legler. And this is The First 40 Miles. Today on The First 40 Miles, the top five no-cook backpacking breakfasts, the Summit Gear Review will review my new favorite piece of headwear, the Backpack Hack of the Week, you'll learn how to make the world's fastest breakfast, and we'll wrap up the show with a little trail wisdom from our good friend on the trail, Rachel Carson. All this, and that's about it, today on The First 40 Miles. As we were planning for our first backpacking trip with our kids, we had to make sure that they were as well prepared as we were. That's tough to do, really. We kept talking about how important it is to put ourselves in their shoes. We were well prepared because just a couple months previously, we had taken a long trip, and so we had everything we needed. And the challenge was to really put ourselves in that perspective, the perspective of each of our children, and say, are they as well prepared as we are? And that meant wicking shirts, hiking pants that would dry quickly, wicking socks, well-fitting shoes, headwear, just all of the components so that they were safe and comfortable. If you put yourself in the kid's position, you start out wearing blue jeans, cotton socks, school shoes, and probably a cotton t-shirt. Oh, a lot of times they're not even wearing socks. <laughs> a lot of times they just put on flip-flops or Crocs. <laughs> right. So that's the starting point. And I kept saying over and over, put yourself in, in that position and ask yourself if you would go out on this backpacking trip wearing that clothing or that gear, that backpack. Would you sleep in that sleeping bag? So we had to go like one piece at a time there. And it's extra challenging because kids' backpacking clothing is not nearly as prevalent as adult backpacking clothing. So you really have to search hard to find the right stuff. Yeah, and a lot of times we had to kind of jury-rig some gear or some clothing together. Uh, with our six-year-old, it was hard to find hiking pants. So we ended up buying track pants with the kind of webbing inside, but it's still wicking material. And they were too long for him. So we had to hem the pants so that they would fit him. Yeah, luckily the waist was elastic enough to where they did stay on him. Uh, so by shortening the legs a little bit, now we had a pair of pants for our six-year-old that were going to be wicking, quick drying, no cotton. And, and we had to go one piece at a time like that. I remember looking for socks. And there are so many cotton socks available for kids. But when you try to find some nice wicking socks, and then some socks that are going to be insulating to keep their feet warm, it was a lot more challenging. We really had to think outside the box there and just find, yeah, you know, whatever we could find that would, that would work, that we could repurpose for backpacking. Well, that was just part of the challenge. Another challenge was making sure that they would be self-sufficient on the trail. Part of being self-sufficient as an adult is carrying a 10 essentials kit. I wasn't really comfortable with the idea of my kids carrying matches, knives, ibuprofen, a bottle of DEET, and some stove fuel. 
Those things kind of made me nervous. Can you just imagine what would happen if you and I left camp to go collect water and we left the kids with those items? Yeah, who knows what they might come up with. (laughs) Then, of course, there were items from our pack that they just wouldn't even understand how to use yet. I'm guessing, you know, a compass wouldn't be as valuable to the kids as it would be to us. But a bit of a side note on that, we made a copy of our trail map for each kid. So everyone had a copy of it. Our six-year-old actually carried that map. It never left his hands. And every few minutes, he would stop and he'd say, Daddy, are we here on the trail? And point to a spot. And and I would help him figure out, you know, okay, here's a lake on the map. And there you can see that lake over there. So that's how you can tell where we're at. He was really into that map. So for Christmas, we bought him a compass. I think just his personality, he's going to love having that particular essential, both the map and the compass, and being able to figure out where he is on the trail at like every moment on the trip. Oh, yeah. He's our little Christopher Columbus. We knew that every child needed to be self-sufficient. So each child carried all of their own clothing. They carried their own rain gear, their bedding, They had their own little gallon-sized Ziploc bag of breakfast, lunch, and snacks, and they carried their own water. Now, the tent that they shared was actually divided up between three of the kids. So one of them was carrying the tent, another one carrying the rain fly, and a third one carried the poles and the stakes. We decided to make their 10 essential kits age-appropriate. So every child had pencil and paper. They all had a first aid kit. They had a whistle, and they had a map. But the two older children were the ones that we decided were going to carry the dangerous items, and we actually gave them pocket knives and matches. You can find lots of backpacking lists online, uh, checklists that you can use. Uh, they're, They're generally overdone in a way so that you will consider everything that you might want to bring on a trip. So for any particular trip, you end up crossing a lot of items off the list and saying, no, I'm, I'm not going to need that on this trip. Even after doing that, though, I mean, as we used that checklist for each of our kids, yeah, there were just so many things on the list that we didn't have each child carry all of those things. They were either, like you said, not age appropriate, or we didn't need each person to be carrying that item in a family of six people. So it's okay to uh, customize the backpacking list, especially for your children. One of the things that we did pack along in the pack for them was a few pages of the book, The Secret Garden. We had been reading that, you know, some entertainment might be helpful. A deck of cards, part of a book, or a little ball or something to play with while you're on the trail. Something lightweight that will entertain the kids when it happens to be raining outside. Yeah, that was nice to have on that particular trip because it was raining the whole time and the whole family was huddled up inside the tent uh, listening to to our 12-year-old reading The Secret Garden using some strange accents. (laughs) I couldn't quite place the location on some of those accents, but it was fun to listen to. There are two types of backpackers in this world. Those who wake up, break camp, and head out. And those who are somewhat reluctant to leave the comfort of their down-filled cocoon and nylon nest. Well, if you're one of the first ones out of the tent in the morning, then we have five delicious no-cook breakfasts for you to take on your next hike or backpacking trip. 
It'll get you on the trail fast, fueled up, and ready to hike through the morning while your trail mates are still trying to find their folding spatulas. Of course, you want all of your breakfast to be high calorie. If you're looking at maybe three to 4,000 calories a day as your target, then you're probably looking at trying to get about 1,000 calories out of your breakfast. Well, let's start with number one. The number one no-cook breakfast is Fig Newtons with almond butter on top. Four Fig Newtons are actually 220 calories. These are sturdy little cookies that are perfect for backpacking. A packet of almond butter, if you buy the Justin's almond butter, is going to run about 190 calories. So without much work, you have a 410 calorie breakfast. And for someone like me who wants a little bit more on the calorie count, uh, hey, I can just up that to six or seven Fig Newtons. The number two no-cook breakfast is a Greek breakfast wrap. So what you'll need for this is a couple packets of cream cheese, those little travel sizes, two ounces of salami, and some sun-dried tomatoes. And just roll that all up in a Greek pita, and that breakfast comes in at 450 calories. In fact, if you substitute bacon for salami, you could probably even bump up that calorie count a little more. Mmm, that sounds good to me. I'll also mention the sun-dried tomatoes aren't really contributing to the calorie count there, but they do contribute to the flavor for sure. Number three, top no-cook breakfast, is a cinnamon raisin bagel with cream cheese and walnut halves. Now, anytime you include nuts in your meals, you're going to bump up the calories really fast. So the cinnamon raisin bagel comes in at 270 calories, 70 calories for the cream cheese, 185 calories for just one ounce of walnuts, and that comes in at a 520 calorie breakfast. The number four no-cook breakfast is bacon-wrapped dates. Now this is a classic party appetizer. Simply take a date, stuff it with an almond, and then wrap it in bacon. We actually don't have a calorie count on this one because you could wrap it in a lot of bacon. So, <laughs> Well, the, the bacon is probably 200 calories per ounce. The almond is probably 200 calories per ounce. The date is full of sugar, so probably 120 calories per ounce, somewhere in there. So wrap enough dates with enough bacon and enough almonds, and you'll get enough calories. This is something that you can actually do on the trail, or you can do it before you leave and just keep it in your pack. Pre-cooked bacon is actually shelf-stable, so you won't have a problem with it going bad on the trail. The number five no-cook breakfast is overnight oats. Now, this is a simple, simple breakfast that took the internet by storm recently. It seemed like everyone was making overnight oats in a mason jar. Wait, a mason jar? Yeah, don't take the mason jar on the trail. We have a lightweight version for you. Okay, good. The great thing about overnight oats is that there are tons of variations on it. And it happens to be this week's Backpack Hack of the Week. So in just a few minutes, we'll tell you how to make it. This recipe actually comes in at 1,058 calories. So stay tuned to find out how to make this insanely easy and incredibly healthy breakfast. 
Great, and that's the one that hits my personal calorie target for breakfast. You came in over a thousand with that one, so <laughs> I look forward to uh, the recipe for that one. Hey, can I throw in a couple others? Uh, what are those buns? Honey buns. Honey buns. <laughs> yeah, you know, five honey buns. There's a thousand calories. What do you think? Oh, I was trying to keep it a little healthy, but I think that sounds great. <laughs> okay, you can get those from any convenience store or gas oh, station, yeah. I think. <laughs> but my personal favorite is your granola recipe. And I know that you're giving them the overnight oats recipe today. So everyone's going to have to wait. But one of these days, we're going to share that granola recipe. It is amazingly tasty. Plus, it just packs in the calories. How about a top five worst list oh boy. of backpacking breakfasts? <laughs> I'll give you my number one pancakes. Oh. I don't know how many scout campouts we had where the breakfast was pancakes. So you get a scout out there with a little camp stove. And of course, these camp stoves have two heat levels. There's off and there's scorching hot. NASA hot. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got a scout out there with a pan. It's Of course, it's not a no-stick pan. It's just this really dinged up, horrible looking <laughs> pan that came out of the closet. And he's got his spatula. And he, of course, he's made a huge mess mixing pancake batter. <laughs> and he pours it in. You know, the bottom burns before the top even starts to bubble. And anyway, it's just awful. Sounds like <laughs> you're speaking from experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so can you guess what my uh, number two um, worst breakfast would be? Waffles? Ooh, that's, that's a good one. I've just never seen a plug out in the wilderness, so I don't know yeah, that work. That, that would be tough. Well, you'd have to have a waffle iron that you could use over your camp stove, which would be incredibly heavy. So, yeah, that that's a good one, too. <laughs> uh, actually, my top, um, my number two, three, four, and five are all pancakes. <laughs> don't do pancakes on your backpacking trip. Oh, and there are mixes that you can buy that make it look so appealing, like... Just add water. So easy. Oh, such a bad idea. Here on the first 40 miles, we created the Summit Gear Review. It's the most comprehensive gear review system for backpacking gear. The Summit Gear Review gives you a 360 unbiased look at backpacking gear before it goes into your pack. Summit stands for structure, utility, mass, maintenance, investment, and trial. Well, today on the Summit Gear Review, we'll be reviewing the 100% Merino Wool Buff. A buff is a long, seamless tube of fabric that can be used in a variety of ways, from a hat, to a scarf, to a balaclava, to a headband, and more. A wool buff is going to change the way that you think of headwear, you know, everything that you bring on your trip needs to be multifunctional, but we all know that a hat is a non-negotiable piece of gear. But a hat is such a unitasker, so you may want to consider replacing your unitasking hat with this multifunctional piece of headwear, the wool buff. So you got your buff, uh, what, a week ago? Yeah, a couple weeks ago. A couple weeks ago. And I don't think it has left your person. <laughs> In fact, you're wearing it right now around your neck, kind of uh, scarf style. 
I'm kind of in love with my buff. <laughs> so I just wonder, I, I'm trying to picture a man wearing a buff. You know, the way that I'm wearing it around my neck is somewhat feminine, but definitely it's a unisex piece of headgear, headwear, and can be used in so many ways. Don't think of it as an accessory. Think of it as a tool, okay, a multifunctional tool that you can bring on your next backpacking trip. Structure. This buff is made of 100% merino wool from Australia. It actually has a two-way lateral stretch, so that means it won't get saggy or stretched out. It's going to maintain its shape really well. The wool buff itself is seamless, although for the wool version of the buff, it actually has a hem on the bottom and the top, but those don't get in the way of comfort or anything. Because the buff is thin, it actually is quick drying and can be doubled over for extra warmth. It's cooled in the summer and warm in the winter, which is one of those benefits of merino wool. It's breathable, it's wicking, and it has all those natural inherent qualities of merino wool, which means that it's water repellent, it's odor resistant, it's flame proof, which is a pretty cool feature. Nice. It's durable, it gives you UV protection, and it just has natural stretch and elasticity. This is actually not your grandma's wool. So if you're worried about having something scratchy and itchy around your neck, you're not going to have that problem with this piece of headwear. In episode five, we reviewed some wool socks and talked about how merino wool is so much finer than, I guess, what we'd call grandma's wool. <laughs> and it's, it's very comfortable. All right, so I'm checking out their website, and uh, I do see a picture here uh, of a camouflage buff. I, I don't think this one's wool, but I don't know. Maybe if I had camo around my neck, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you don't seem like the camo type of guy, though. Well, what about tie-dye? Uh, no, I'm not, I'm, I'm not the tie-dye type either. <laughs> okay, how about just like solid black? Maybe. Maybe. Utility. There are so many ways that you can use this simple tube of fabric. So the ones that they show on the website are um, you can turn it into a balaclava, which that means that you can cover your head and your the front of your face at the same time. You can turn it into a cap, a face mask, a hairband, a hair tie, a hat liner, a neck gaiter, a hood, a headband, a sun guard, a scarf, and a wristband. And while I was looking at the packaging, I actually saw they have one other one on there called the blind chicken. And that's <laughs> where you just wear it around your eyes. And at first I thought it was a joke, and then I realized it's actually functional on the trail. If you happen to be hiking or backpacking under a full moon, You'll want to just put something over your eyes so you can sleep in the dark. Okay, so I'm still looking at their website. Uh, <laughs> and here's a picture of a guy, a first responder, hanging out of a helicopter. And he's wearing a buff. Okay, which color is it? Well, he's kind of small in the picture, uh, so I'm not exactly sure. <laughs> but he's on their website, so he must be wearing a buff, right? Right. <laughs> he's rescuing someone. It looks really Unless cool. Unless it's the person in the helicopter that's wearing the buff. I don't oh, know. I, 
I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you can use your buff as a piece of first aid equipment, and you can hang off a helicopter from a buff. Just attach it to the feet of the helicopter, right? Is that how easy? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, myriad uses. Okay, how about mass? It weighs 1.7 ounces or 46 grams. It's 25.5 inches long and 9.5 inches wide. And the wool buff is actually five and a half inches longer than their original buff, which is made of polyester. So it gives you a little extra, little extra length. It comes in a one-size-fits-all adult size. Maintenance. On their website, buffusa.com, which looks like buffusa, <laughs> they recommend hand-washing and laying it flat to dry. Don't bleach it or use fabric softeners, and don't even think about ironing this. <laughs> Why? <laughs> we don't iron our camping gear. No. Investment. The wool buff runs $29, but they actually donate 1% of that to the planet. I'm not quite sure how that works. If they write a 29-cent check to Mother Earth and, and bury it. <laughs> <laughs> Trial. I purchased this wool buff at a local outdoor retailer. I actually tried on two, and the second one fit a little more snug than the first one I tried. And because it was going around my neck, I actually opted for the one that was a little more loose. The wool buff comes in 16 colors. However, if you purchase it from a local retailer, you may only get a two or three color option. Even though the buff has 12 plus amazing ways to wear it, I can realistically see myself wearing it in five ways. So right now I'm wearing it around my neck as a scarf. I would wear it as a hat, which means I would take it off, twist it in the middle, and fold it on top of itself. And the great thing about it is it covers my ears, which I love. I would wear it as a balaclava. I would pull it, you know, over my head and neck and then pull up the bottom of the fabric over my mouth. And I would probably use it as a face mask on chilly days, just pull it up over my mouth. And then the last way... I could probably see it as a headband to keep my hair and sweat off of my face. I don't know if I'll be doing the blind chicken, though. That's I can't <laughs> see myself using it. Well, when you first uh, told me about the blind chicken, I thought that that was in case you were walking through a sandstorm in the desert or something. You could put it over your eyes. You wouldn't know where you were going, but you would protect your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> you probably could do that. Well, I really have been wearing it ever since I bought it a couple weeks ago because it's functional. It looks really great, and it's perfect for backpacking and everyday use. For colder weather trips, I would actually consider buying a second wool buff, one to wear around my neck and then the other to wear around my head as a hat. So I'm still looking at their website. Uh, I see another picture here. It looks like a, a battlefield. Uh, actually, I think it's some hunters, <laughs> um, and they've got on these, these buffs. You know, they're out hunting whatever they're hunting. The marketing seems to promote the idea that this really is uh, men as well as women can wear this buff. Give it a try. Maybe I'll get you one for our anniversary. All right. For today's backpack hack of the week, we promised an overnight oats recipe. That's right. So you might need to take a trip to the store for this because you'll need four tablespoons of 
chia seeds, a half cup of rolled oats, one half cup of nido, and that's N-I-D-O, that's whole milk powder. You'll need a cup of freeze-dried raspberries or strawberries, and then two tablespoons of brown sugar. We featured nido in two other uh, recipes in episode six and also episode seven. But what's so handy about it is that it's a whole milk powder, so it's got high calorie density, and and it makes it possible so that wherever you mix in your nido, then you know out on the trail that when you just add water, now your meal has milk. Oh, and I think every child has a dreaded memory of drinking non-fat dried milk. Yeah. And that's the worst, the worst flavored stuff in the world. And the great thing about nido is it tastes like cream. It tastes so, mm. so good. So you won't have to worry about that non-fat dried milk flavor in your food. It's absolutely creamy and dreamy. So you want to put all of the dry ingredients into a quart freezer zip top bag. If you want to save the bag and not actually mix it up in the bag, then you'll want to add your ingredients on the trail to a cleaned out plastic peanut butter jar. That replaces the mason jar that was that's so trendy on the internet right now. Because these are overnight oats, you're going to have to start it the night before, and then it'll be ready in the morning. So the night before you eat your overnight oats, you'll add one and a half to two cups of cold water, and you could even add a pinch of salt if desired. Then stir up your oats, put the lid on your peanut butter jar, and let it sit all night. So what if I forget to do that the night before and I just go to bed? I wake up in the morning and go, ah, oh no, here's my dry overnight oats. <laughs> this is like dry ramen noodles. <laughs> <laughs> well, all you do is just add the water and the, the chia seeds and the rolled oats take about 20 minutes to kind of absorb the water. So it's still possible to have overnight oats in about 20 minutes. Okay, so you could get by starting it in the morning. You may be letting it sit while you uh, pack up your gear, and then it's ready to eat. That's I, right. I think uh, the way I would do this is I would portion the ingredients into separate uh, zip-top bags for each morning. And that way I uh, could just pull out the bag, add in the water, zip it back up, and you know it's ready to go the next morning. And when I'm done eating it, I've just got the bag to put into my trash. Well, one of the ingredients in this recipe is freeze-dried raspberries or strawberries. And I checked at the supermarket this week, and a number 10 can of freeze-dried raspberries will run you about $30. And a number 10-sized can of freeze-dried strawberries costs about $15 to $20. So a little bit pricier, but freeze-dried fruit is amazing. It's nothing like dried fruit. You're not going to get fruit that tastes like raisins, you're going to get fruit that tastes like fresh fruit, which is such a luxury on the trail. And as a reminder, this comes in over a thousand calories for a serving. So this is packed. It's great stuff. So to just recap that, you've got the four tablespoons of chia seeds, a half cup each of rolled oats and nido milk powder, a cup of freeze-dried berries, and a couple tablespoons of brown sugar. Then when you're ready to prep it the night before or the morning of, you add one and a half to two cups of water and you're ready to go. 
And that's our backpack hack of the week. Hey, one more thing I wanted to mention. Uh, exactly a week from today, Heather, you'll be traveling to the Outdoor Retailers Show in Salt Lake City. So that's an exciting trip coming up. Um, I think maybe next week we could talk a little bit about uh, what happens there. But but basically, it's a, a gathering of all of the outdoor retailers from around the country, maybe the world, I don't know, and the manufacturers. And this is the place and the event where all of the new stuff comes out. So it should be pretty exciting. I'm excited just to meet people and to find out what the trends are in backpacking, what new gear is out there, what manufacturers are coming up with to improve the backpacking experience and make it safer and more enjoyable. Well, we'll leave you today with a little trail wisdom from our good friend on the trail, marine biologist and conservationist, Rachel Carson. Her book, Silent Spring, and other writings are credited with advancing the global environmental movement. She said, Those who contemplate the beauty of the earth find reserves of strength that will endure as long as life lasts. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. If you liked this podcast, like us on Facebook and rate us on iTunes. See you next time on The First 40 Miles. Now, four cookies are just two... Oh wait. Not just. Not just. <laughs> I know. That's what Switch everyone gears. says. <laughs> okay. You're getting one for Christmas. <laughs> You'll have to cut that out. When you're ready to eat your overnight oats. No, it's the night no. before. How do I say this? <laughs> just Google it. Mason jar or overnight oats. Oh, that's a dumb thing to say. <laughs> okay.